Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Focus Group Podcast. I'm Sarah Longwell, publisher of The Bulwark, and this week we are covering the Pennsylvania governor's race. This race is near and dear to my heart for two reasons. One, I grew up in central Pennsylvania, may have mentioned that. Uh, And two, this race matters a lot for the future of American democracy. Pennsylvania will have 19 electoral votes in the next presidential election, and neither party can really afford to lose them. The next governor will be responsible for certifying those votes, as will the Secretary of State, who the governor will appoint. Enter Doug Mastriano, the Republican nominee. He's a state senator from central Pennsylvania, about 75 miles from where I grew up. Coincidentally, his rap sheet of craziness is about 75 miles long. There's also Attorney General Josh Shapiro, the Democratic nominee, and a pretty strong favorite at this point. In his two races for Attorney General in 2016 and 2020, he outran both Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden by about three and a half points. He's currently leading Mastriano by about 10 points in the Real Clear Politics average. There's also a tightening Senate race that could end up as one of the closest in the country and could very well determine control of the Senate. Today, we're going to hear what our last couple of groups of Pennsylvania swing voters think about these races. My guest this week is Holly Otterbein, national political reporter for Politico. She is one of my favorite people to discuss Pennsylvania with. Holly, thanks for being here. So great to be here again. Sorry for the long windup, but there's so much going on in Pennsylvania. Do you just feel like you're at the center of it all right now? I mean, I always am. It's it's the Keystone State. <laughs> where are you right now? What part of the state are you in? I'm in Philly. That's where I live. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I know you watched the group. What'd you think? Any big takeaways? You know, it was really interesting from start to finish. I mean, I think the one thing, if I had to name one, is just that not a single Trump to Biden swing voter is voting for Mastriano in either one of your two groups that I was able to watch. She did one in September and one in August, and there was nary a taker for Mastriano. I mean, that that is pretty striking, including some people who, when you guys asked if it was Trump versus Biden again, some of those folks said they would vote for Trump. Even those people said, nope, Mastriano is too much for them. Yeah. It's funny, when I go home to Pennsylvania, I do see some Mastriano signs. They are often coupled with the Confederate flag. Like, that's a a thing that I've seen where it's like a half Mastriano, half Confederate flag. Yeah, I've seen that. I actually grew up like a few miles above the Maryland border, so Confederate flags were like a staple in my town. I've seen the Mastriano, like, Confederate flag thing. Um, You are totally right about the fact that we have yet to find a swing voter who is willing to cop to voting for Mastriano. But obviously, some people are going to vote for Mastriano. I mean, he is polling well behind Shapiro, but it's not like he's at 12% or, you know, 20%. So there are clearly people who are fine to vote for him just because he's a Republican, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, what is he polling kind of in like the high... 30s, I think, most of the time yeah. uh, recently. Um, I mean, Shapiro is up by double digits. But you're right. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not pulling at 10%. That would be incredibly strange in a state like Pennsylvania. Look, we're like an evenly divided state. I mean, I, I don't know what you would even have to do to pull that low <laughs> in Pennsylvania. But yeah, I mean, he has a lot of diehard fans. He won the primary, you know, by a pretty healthy margin. The 
majority of Republican elected officials um, in the state have gotten behind him. You know, there are some exceptions here and there, but but by and large, um, at least the state party is behind him, if not, you know, the national folks. And so, yeah, he does have supporters. When you talk to him, a lot of them, you know, bring up, you know, what he did when we were dealing with the pandemic and he was very opposed to COVID restrictions. They bring up the fact that many of them got to know him through his social media. He's a prolific Facebook user. This is actually part of what enabled him to win in the primary. And it was pretty amazing given that just like now, he basically had no money in the primary either and wasn't running anything close to a traditional campaign in terms of running TV ads and having a traditional get out the vote operation and everything like that. And and he still managed to make it work, I think, in large part because of social media. So those are the kinds of things that I hear from people who support him. And yeah, and then there are, of course, just some who, you know, they just want to vote for a Republican. Yeah. Okay. well, we're going to talk more about that in just a second. But I do want to do something at the top here. I want to play some sound from the start of the group. So at the start of every focus group we do, we ask people how they think things are going in the country. And I I don't often play it because people go on and on. And they also, it's pretty repetitive. But I thought this one was a little bit interesting. So let's listen. The whole Roe versus Wade being overturned, that was really upsetting to me. Because a lot of people feel like, oh, it's about killing babies. It's about doing this. It's not. It's about women having the right to choose. Because you're basically saying that a baby has more more power than the mother does. So regardless of whether or not I think that abortion is right or wrong, I feel like some of the directions they're going is definitely not right. And I think it's really important that people be allowed to choose for themselves. And I think it's a huge step backwards in women's rights because it's giving the government more control over our bodies. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, we're not okay with abortions and other for women to be, you know, scared of telling their doctors when they had their last period because, you know, they don't want there to be any stuff. Like I think I heard one person or a few people saying that like, even if you had a miscarriage, you could be a jail court because they'd consider it, you know, like an abortion. And I just don't think that's right. I believe women should have the right to choose if they want an abortion or just the way, you know, their bodies are, that kind of surprised me. But I also was kind of upset about what President Biden did recently. He forgave all the loans and I really scrimped and I saved and I sacrificed my my home, my car. I drove a crappy car for years and I paid my loans and I paid thousands of dollars for my loans. And, you know, it's I'm really angry about that. You know, uh, I'm 57. I come from a family that's very diehard Republican, and it doesn't matter who's elected or, you know, like a buffoon like Ted Cruz is speaking or, you know, Donald Trump or Mehmet Oz. It's just very discouraging. And I live right in the suburbs. I work in Center City. It's a very precarious time. And it's not just for us in Philadelphia. Uh, Although Philadelphia is, in my opinion, a very good example of how everybody's going to blame it on the Democratic Party and Kasner. And, you know, I think Kasner's horrible. I think leadership in Philadelphia is is horrendous. But it's just a very sad time. 
All right. So there's a lot of general unease with how things are going in the country. There's a bunch of things to drill down on in there. The the swing voters tend to be the ones who are the most annoyed about Biden's student loan forgiveness. Like even Trump voters often aren't as mad about it as the swing voters. Yeah. But what was interesting to me and people who listen to this podcast regularly know there's this dynamic I've been kind of harping on, which is that abortion is obviously this major issue. But when you ask the top question of like, you know, what are you worried about? How, how are things going in the country? It's always about inflation, crime, the economy, jobs. Very rarely does abortion come up. But it did come up here with a couple of people at the top. And I wondered if you think that the reason that it came up at the top is that Doug Mastriano is so extreme on abortion. He is the most extreme person running, I'm pretty sure. Maybe Herschel Walker is the other one who is no exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Is that maybe why it's popping more in Pennsylvania? How have you seen abortion kind of shaping these races? Yeah, I mean, I've been surprised both watching these focus groups, talking to voters, that abortion has been as big of an issue as it is. I mean, I I knew, of course, it was going to factor in, but just given where the economy is, you know, I questioned exactly how it would shake out. And and so that stuck out to me, too, that people brought it up right at the top when you asked them, you know, how the country was. I think there's a couple things going on. I think it is because Mastriano is so far right on abortion. In your focus group, people were really freaked out about his no exceptions stuff. And, you know, even people who considered themselves pro-life <laughs> were freaked out about that, right? So I think that that kind of shows just like how conservative he is seen on that issue. And then the other thing that's going on in PA is that whoever is elected governor will determine abortion policy in a way that's not necessarily true in other states. And by that, I mean that if Josh Shapiro is governor, he will veto abortion restrictions. The The legislature is now controlled by Republicans, and that's not truly expected to change by any serious analysts. Whereas if Doug Mastriano becomes governor, of course, he will sign uh, abortion restrictions into law. And so there's few races like that where like one race will determine the legality of abortion in Pennsylvania, essentially. And so I think that's maybe also what's going on. At the same time, I mean, we have to bring up the fact that Mastriano, until a day or two ago, had not run a single TV ad in this race. And so those voters that you guys are talking to are just getting bombarded with negative ads about Mastriano and nobody was challenging it. Like he just seeded the airwaves to uh, Shapiro. And so maybe if you had Mastriano fighting back on TV in any kind of traditional sense, saying, you know, Shapiro's bad on the economy and he's gonna, you know, govern like Biden and not help with inflation, then maybe it wouldn't have popped the way that it did. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It's almost like a perfect political science experiment. It's like, what if one candidate just literally doesn't run ads and the other guy totally gets to define him? How do voters receive that? And I think listening to these voters, that is one of the things that strikes me is how well-defined Mastriano is. In fact, I just on this abortion piece, let's listen to how these voters, how clear they understood Mastriano's position on abortion. Mastriano scares the crap out of me. He's terrifying. He's, he terrifies me. He yeah. terrifies me. Yeah. I have a friend who lost two babies. And if he gets in office, what he wants to do is she would have had to carry those babies to term. 
and suffer through it. That's ridiculous. Should he be elected, Pennsylvania would be in a dire, dire situation. I think that you have women's rights, but let alone you give him a platform, I think that he's just going to turn into some kind of a dictator that is just, it's a scary thought to see what will become of Pennsylvania. The abortion thing just kills it for me. You know, don't tell me what I can and can't do. You know, like, you don't know my situation if that was the case. You know, who are you to judge me? How, you know, yeah, but I had a one night stand and got pregnant. You know, like, I have a 14 year old daughter and I'm not childbearing ages anymore. So, you know, if something were to happen to her, how do we both survive that? But, you know, would she even know after six weeks that she was pregnant? So, you know, don't make a choice for her when she has her whole future ahead of her. I've been a Republican for 45 years. We don't like the government up in our business. Don't reverse Roe versus Wade. Don't be a Mastronado and say, you know, I'm against abortion. That's about control. It's about controlling women. Don't say the the election was fake, that it was fraudulent. When it's been proven over and over and over, there was no fraud. He doesn't even want any. He says none of the exceptions, yeah, not even a mother's life at risk. Yeah, and he's not he's not even like the least bit glib or verbose in his explanation. It's just like uh, not your body, not your choice. You know, and I don't think abortion is health care, but this guy is so far to the right. He, he scares me. I- Whack job. A lot of them call him names. A lot of them say whack job, nuts, crazy. Why does everybody know so clearly? Are the ads, they all say this in the groups, the ads are just relentless. But has Josh Shapiro spent a lot of time on that issue? Absolutely. I mean, Josh Shapiro, the last time I checked, had spent $25 million on TV and Mastriano had spent zero. I mean, it's funny that you brought up earlier that this is like a perfect, you know, scientific experiment to see what it's like when one candidate runs a campaign and the other functionally doesn't. But I've said the same thing because I've never seen anything like this before in covering Pennsylvania campaigns. This is a statewide nominee, the party nominee. And he just started running TV ads, and he's not even airing it in Philadelphia. And he only says that he has a million dollars behind it, which is basically nothing if that is supposed to be from now until the end of the election. And hey, we've got to give you know Shapiro's campaign credit here. I mean, clearly, they are doing a good job defining him. A lot of these ads have Mastriano speaking in his own words. He said, I give no way for exceptions at a debate in the GOP primary, right? That has been just aired over and over again. Clips of him on right-wing media talking about abortion, global warming, et cetera, are also in all of these ads, you know, in his words. So I think that is probably also, you know, why it's kind of seared into people's minds is they're not being asked to look this up later or to take the ad's word for it. Like, it's just Mastriano speaking. Hey, Holly, we got to take a break here for one second. Because I'm going to need all of you to go subscribe to Bulwark Plus if you want to hear the rest of this podcast. If you want to know whether or not Oz and his weird experiments on 
dogs are affecting the race, how the Mitch McConnell's pack hitting Fetterman on crime is affecting the race. If you want to hear more about what voters think about Josh Shapiro and Doug Mastriano, you're going to have to go to thebulwark.com and hit the Bulwark Plus button and subscribe. When you subscribe to Bulwark Plus, you get all kinds of things, not just this podcast. You also get uh, some great newsletters. You get the secret podcast that I do with JVL. There's another secret podcast with Mona and Charlie. You get the weekly live stream that we do with different members of the group, all kinds of member benefits. So go sign up for Bulwark Plus and you can hear the rest of this podcast. Thank you. Thank you.